I think we're all trying to figure out schedules, when events are going to kick back up, what the industry is going to look like from a participation in, in person standpoint. Uh, so we're really excited that we've got something on the calendar and, you know, obviously super hopeful it's going to stick, but Nationwide's primetime event was going to be uh, held in August and they've rescheduled that primetime is going to be October 18th through the 21st in Las Vegas. So put that on your calendar and come give most Dos Marcos a virtual high five or like an air high five. <laughs> Well, it's going to be at Divination. So I love that property there too. It's where Tao is, one of my favorite restaurants and uh, nightclubs. Not that I get to go to nightclubs very often. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad that people are like rescheduling and getting back to some semblance of normal life. So I think it's great. Those events are great and we're going to be in Vegas. So hey, it's good stuff. So you know, a lot of people go, a lot of people want to get those nationwide deals. So they're going to have a chance in uh, October. So that's good. Put it on your calendar, check out all the deets. That's right. I said that at nationwideprimetime.com and you can get signed up and find all the info you need. Wait a minute. Is that right? Dot org or dot com? I put in dot com. Hold on a second. Yeah. Nationwide so. primetime. If you want to just find out about a primetime, it's nationwideprimetime.com. If you want to go to Nationwide website, it's nationwidegroup.org. Okay, so there we go. Hit it. Dos Marcos Podcast. It's the greatest mattress industry podcast on the planet. Wait, isn't this the only mattress industry podcast? He's Mark Kensley. I truly felt bad for you at the time. He's Mark Quinn. I think Bigfoot was actually very pleasant. Together, they are Dos Marcos. So we sent out the survey to the Dos Marcos audience. Okay, so first of all, number one, and go to Mattress says? Podcast. Go over to mattresspodcast.com and there's a little box that'll pop up and you can get on our email list and you can be part of these surveys and all the other great info if you're not already on there. But we were trying to figure out, hey, just, just right now, how many people are thinking about attending summer Las Vegas market? Now, last, so COVID aside, last summer Las Vegas market, I walked a mile in dress shoes in 116 degree heat. So, okay. Number one, why are you wearing dress shoes? To Las like, Vegas market, you dress in business wear. No, 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 no. You can. What are you wearing? Your New Balance tennies? Wear. No, put your freaking Adidas on with a suit and like be smart to your feet, your poor feet. But so, why did you walk a mile? Why didn't you like Uber that or something? I wanted to walk. And you know, you know how Vegas is. It's right over there. You just look up, and it's right there. It's just right there. It's just right there. And so I was going to go over to this bar to meet some friends. And, and I, by the time I got there, you know, you're on the verge of heat stroke. <laughs> it's a dry so heat really, stroke, though. It's a dry heat stroke. Oh, God, start. So were you, were you all sweaty and like no one wanted to sit by you because you're like dripping sweat as you sit down? Did they have a cocktail waiting for you at least? Yeah, they had a cocktail waiting for me, which just oh, yeah. added to my, my meat sweats. <laughs> Yeah, it's hot there, man, for sure. You want the uh, results? Right. You want me to give you the numbers? Sure. Like, can I guess? Yeah. So, how many people plan to, what percentage of people plan to attend 
Las Vegas market? What's your guess? Out of the people that responded to our survey, I'm going to say this is such a weak way out. 57%. No, that is closer to the number of no's. Really? So 61% said they are not going to attend Las Vegas market. Wow. 61%. Only 20% said yes. Ooh. And then we had a, you know, a small batch of maybes that kind of matched the yeses. So 20% yes, 61% said no. You should go over to the comments section of this podcast or hit up our Facebook page and let us know what your plans are for Vegas market. Now, we gave people a bunch of different reasons they could choose, but we wanted to find out the main reason that you would not be going to Las Vegas market. You scared about COVID, budget cuts, what was going on? And 37% said they expect attendance to be low. So that was the number one force ranked answer. 37% said, I don't think very many people are going to be there. It might be a ghost town, so I'm not going to attend. Surprisingly, only 12% said the main reason is they're worried about COVID. And just behind that, budget cuts from their company at about 10%. You know, that's interesting. Um, so if you're Las Vegas market, you better get some information out that says, hey, everyone's coming, right? Or, hey, we're planning to have a big market. Here's why. Um, but if everyone thinks no one else is going to go, that's a pretty solid reason. Although I would have definitely thought that the number one reason would have been COVID. I'm shocked that it wasn't that. I'm, I'm really surprised. Now, obviously, we know if some of the people on our list work at CERTA, they're not going to come because CERTA announced that they're fully pulling out of Las Vegas market. They're going to shut down their showroom. They're doing something virtual. CERTA is gone from Vegas market. And, I, and that, that, that includes you know, Simmons Beautyrest as well, I would assume. Well, yeah, no doubt. And what's interesting, Kinsley, is that news in the shadow of the announcement that uh, Sealy is now the number one brand. So Sealy climbs to number one, uh, Serta drops to number three, and Simmons stays at number two. So drastic shifts there, I think. Uh, and so there's a lot going on. And I'm reading this Furniture Today article, I'm sure everyone's read, but it says Sealy had been number one in the betting market since the 70s. Um, and then uh, when sort of hit with its new iComfort line, um, sales jumped. Um, but the bottom line is um, last year, Sealy was up 12%. Uh, shipments back up to 1.3, 1.4 billion. Uh, and sort of dropped and Simmons dropped. Uh, sort of had a drastic decline, 20% in shipments last year. Um, and then uh, Simmons, I don't see the number for them. I'll have to check it out. But anyway, so yeah, big moves there for the for the S brands. Uh, and um, I don't know, Kinsley, can you put some thought to that in terms of what have you been hearing? I mean, is that was that expected from the people that you talked to? Any thoughts on what has happened to Serta over the last couple of years to cause that? From some of the people I've talked to, at least from a Sealy standpoint, you know, I think you got to give credit to TSI, so to Temper Sealy on how they've kind of reimagined the Sealy brand. They've made it part of the, the TSI portfolio, which has you know really strong penetration under the Tempur-Pedic brand into retail. Uh, 
obviously the management of the situation with mattress firm from a Tempur-Pedic standpoint. Um, and then of course the loss of, of business on the part of SSB with the relationship through mattress firm, losing big lots, uh, the shift in focus that, that SSB has been, been very public about to being a more consumer centric company and, and where, what that might mean from a focus standpoint. You know, I feel like um, while TSI and Sealy from a cultural integration standpoint didn't get a lot of industry focus, which to me spoke to some sort of more steady and seamless merging of cultures. Um, we heard a lot behind the scenes about Simmons and Serta, mortal competitors trying to operate under the same umbrella and work out all those kinks. So, you know, I really feel like SSB from, um, you know, from a, a business standpoint is, is emerging from um, a few times when they've been knocked back on their hills, on their heels, cultural integration that's now starting to almost like be the building of the snowball before they push it downhill. Um, and so I think really from a, from a Sealy taking the top spot standpoint, you got to give credit to what TSI has done. And, and I think the, the marketplace dynamics um, from a brand standpoint became very apparent to the people at Serta and Simmons. And they understood that those brands didn't have a lot of definition in the marketplace. And so they've done a lot of work to make them stand for something. So great, you know, definitely credit to TSI though on, on some great strategic moves and getting back to that top spot, which they held for a long, long time. Now, I think you've, you're onto something there in terms of carving out definition, right? So you and I say be something and be, be that in a bold way, right? So Sarda and Simmons, when they merged, they were kind of both addressing the same parts of the market. So there was no clear definition. So Sarda is going to become this and Simmons is going to become this. Uh, and so then that would make it very clear as to what, if you're a retailer, okay, I'm going to have started to fill this part of my need, but they kind of were kind of overlapping in a pretty big way. When you look at the TSI uh, portfolio of brands, you've got Tempur-Pedic owns memory foam, Sealy, similar to uh, a sort of in Simmons top to bottom, they can kind of do whatever and, and accomplish a lot of different things with that brand. Stearns and Foster, very clearly a luxury brand, has its own identity. Um, give credit to Simmons for having black, but still in the Tempur-Pedic brand portfolio, very distinctive personalities for the brands. And then actually you think about Scott Thompson's direction to go out and buy Sherwood, right? So now Sherwood is a very distinctive um, opportunity. So it's private label, that's what they do. Uh, it does not conflict with what they're doing in the other parts. And then they add spinking code to that, which is a craft beer luxury thing that you can plug in certain places. So Temper has really defined what they're doing pretty clearly. I think another thing, Kinsley, to think about, um, back to your comment, SSB lost $130 million, uh, $130 million big lots business. If you look at that in Q4 of 2019, that was about a $30 million loss stacked on top of what happened when Temper came back into Mattress Firm, right? So there's going to be a loss of business there. So that happened. And then another really big part of this, I think, for SSB is consistency of leadership. So you had um, Traub in there for a while uh, and things continued to slip. You had David Swift as the CEO. Uh, you had top sales guys. You had 200 salespeople that were 
exited from the company. Um, the screw up in messaging there, in my opinion, saying, oh, it's going to be better for our retailers when everyone kind of knew that it wasn't going to be better for retailers. Um, so they've made some great changes. You've got Derek Miller, um, who is now a, a chief sales officer. Derek, a great guy. And then you got Melanie. So Melanie's brought in focus to your point about um, the consumer and really focusing on, on what's going on there. So I think Melanie's a good ad for them, but still a lot more disruption versus you got Scott Thompson at the helm at TSI. Here's an industry outsider, by the way, also a fellow lumberjack Kinsley. I'm pretty sure he was from Stephen F. Austin. So, I mean, that should say a lot about the guy. He's just, he's a lumberjack. I mean, it's a requirement that people that go to Stephen H. Austin are, attracted to the mattress industry. I get it. Required to go into the mattress business. Uh, so anyway, Scott Thompson, industry outsider, you and I are not kind to industry outsiders, but here's a guy that came in really solid strategy and he's been an ass kicker. He managed the whole mattress firm thing, I think brilliantly. Uh, and they came out, even though they lost the business for a while. Um, I think strategically speaking, he made some really smart calls. You have Rick Anderson, who's been a champion um, during his time. Here's another industry outsider that contradicts our opinion of what that normally means for a company. But Rick came in, got to know the business, paid his dues, listened really well, um, really became a student of the, the segment and did a great job for them. And now you got Steve Roosing, who I came up with. I mean, we kind of started in the industry about the same time. Steve is a very knowledgeable industry guy, industry insider, um, very well respected, great skills. And now he's taking over for Rick Anderson. So I think just from a leadership perspective, I, I guess you could say that they've had a lot of consistency there. And I think that always helps, don't you, when you have a, a strong leadership team that's kind of been around and, you know, passing the torch off and kind of you know, working similar strategies as they progress. But I don't know. I, I give a lot of credit to TSI for doing what they've done. And I think now that SS, SSB, in fairness to them, that they're through some of their transition, I think they're probably in good shape to get back on track also. But it did cost them that top spot. Yeah, and I think people were, whenever Bob Sherman was really making his charge for the top of the hill, it was a very different time in the mattress universe. That was a different time primarily because of what's happened with direct consumer e-commerce sales. I mean, the, the emerging brands at that time were very much emerging. They hadn't been able to plant their flags in a very big way in terms of market share, in terms of brand visibility, in terms of being where consumers are whenever they're in the, in the search process, which is online. That was all very new. And so I think, I kind of have to zoom out sometimes and look at it and think, okay, the share shift that's happening among the trade brands or the established industry brands, a lot of that is us talking in our echo chamber when on the outside, on the peripheral, there are so many things happening that are uh, chipping away at business or, or trading share in a much different way that um, I don't want to lose sight of what's happening in that space. And I just saw some recent data that I think everybody will find very fascinating. This is a representative national sample. Um, so over 400 respondents distributed 
throughout the United States. So you, you get, you know, past, I think it's like about 370 respondents, you can get a real true nationwide representative sample. And they were asking questions about um, where did you buy your mattress? And this is from recent purchasers. 40% of them purchased online. 60% went into a store. Now, this is during the time of COVID, whenever these results were kind of rounded up and distributed. Uh, but that number is huge. And, and you have to wonder, and we talked about this a lot behind the scenes, um, events like this fast track trends. And one of the trends was more and more sales moving online. Now we knew people were researching online. We knew about 21, 22% of the market was transacting online, but where was it going to kind of cap out and plateau? And you've asked people this question a lot. You're like, what do you think it is? 30%. And I think that was the number kind of a lot of us had in mind. I think we went from projected 22 ish percent to 30% plus for 2020. And you have to think how much of that new habit has been created, how much of the word of mouth that's a result of that 30% transacting online makes it out to more of the public, friends and family, associates, colleagues, and they buy online because their friends had such a good experience. It really um, fast-tracked uh, a lot of what we're going to see in the industry. And you know, I don't think we're going to see the true shakeout of that in 2021. My gut tells me that um, people are going to get a little locked down in terms of spending in the back half of the year with the uncertainty around the election. We talked about this at the end of last year. The we were saying the first half of the year is going to be your true opportunity because the uncertainty that sets in around a presidential election causes consumers to stop spending as much money. Well, clearly the first half of the year kind of went down the toilet. We saw a big resurgence, obviously, in the month of May. I talked to a lot of retailers that said, this is our biggest month ever. Talked to online retailers, D2Cs, that said, this is our biggest month in history. Um, so luckily, for the sake of our industry, a lot of people were spending money on the home or in the home. Guys like us, think about how many other industries there are that, where guys and gals travel all over the country all the time. Well, they're at home and they're sleeping in the same bed every night. And they're saying, this bed sucks. I need to get a new mattress. And so I think our industry um, was buoyed by some of those dynamics. But I wonder, and we're going to be paying attention to it, what the shakeout is. If there even is a shakeout, we keep talking about this new normal. Maybe there's not. I don't think it's six at 40%, by the way. I, we were talking about people earlier. I forgot, you know, Bob Hellyer, industry veteran, in terms of adding back to what SSB is doing, they brought Bob Hellyer in. I used to work for Bob Hellyer. He's a friend of mine. He's a smart guy, really good product guy, and he's getting involved in their manufacturing. So I think that's going to actually help them too. But anyway, side note, uh, back to your comments. I don't think it sticks at 40%, but I think it does certainly help. Um, uh, you know, firm it up in terms of an option for people sitting at home to buy a bed. Maybe they wouldn't have bought a bed um, prior to the COVID problem, but they did because they had to. And so did they buy their next bed doing that? Um, I think one of the interesting data points we need to get at in this whole thing is how many people that bought a bed the first time think it was a good idea and would do it again? Like that number is really important for us to understand. Well, uh, I did see it like... Uh as part of that survey, 
one of the other questions was to people who are prospective buyers. So 40% of people purchased mm -hmm. online, and that could be a result of being stuck at home, not being able to go to a store, not wanting to get exposed to any other people. But of the people who were prospective purchasers, that number was oh, how many of you, like what percentage of people plan to buy a mattress online? That was only 26%. Mm. So it might be, the data might be skewed a little bit because of the conditions that we're in. So 26% plan to, but 40% actually did. Is that what you're saying? So there are two different, two different segments there. Segment one was people that bought in the past six months. Okay. Segment two was people that plan to buy in the I next see. six months. Okay. So yeah, no. And anyway, I, I think that there is um, coming out of this, it's going to be different. Don't you think Kinsley that it is so critical if you had a retail store right now that the language you're using either in social media or certainly in your advertising is really strongly focused about number one, safety and creating a new environment. Temper Steely is doing some cool stuff with Safe Store. Nationwide's doing really great stuff with Safe Store environments. So I think those guys are, are, are dialed into what retailers need right now. So that's one thing. But the other thing is the experience of coming into Biobed. Like more and more as you are threatened, if your business is threatened by the e-commerce stuff, number one, if you're brick and mortar guy, you got to get, you know, get your website to a point where you can conduct transactions online. So start with that. You don't want to miss out on it. But secondly, bringing them into the store uh, and it's the language of being fitted for bed, it's options or it's buying incentives or it's, you know, test stress the bed, therefore you get, right? Um, it's critical they get people to come into their store to experience all they have to offer. So I really think the messaging is going to be um, bigger than it ever has, more focus on it than it ever has. What are your thoughts about that? I think you're right. And I also think smart retailers I've seen build value in everything they do around their merchandising. And, and I don't see very many people do this, but the ones who, the ones who tell their audiences, we are leaving town this weekend or this week to go to the biggest mattress event on the planet, which is Las Vegas market. And we're there to curate products that we know you're going to love. And we look at everything under a magnifying glass and they post on social media they send pictures back to their community about what they're doing and why they left town. And then they're seen as the experts and the curators and the people that are willing to go into the pasture and look at the crop instead of the people who are sitting on the sidelines saying, yeah, we'll take whatever floats our way, whatever we can make the most money off of. And they build value in that and they let their communities know it's happening. Those are the ones who then have the trust for when people say, yeah, uh, you know, I'm not going to buy online because I like this does matter to my body. Um, maybe I purchased online and, or I want to make a more considered purchase and spend more money, go up market. I think it's really important for retailers to do what you're talking about, you know, making sure you, you tell people and they understand why getting fitted for a mattress is uh, really important, but it's also peppering their path with all you're doing to make sure that you select the right products for the people in your community and showing them that you're the expert. Hmm. Building value in all you do. You're the shopper. You're the curator of great products. You are 
out for their best interest, you know what is in their best interest because you're the expert in the category. Well, right. And, and isn't that what we all want? I mean, I would rather have a concierge service where somebody's like, this is the person that I'm going to talk to when, when it comes to buying a bicycle. Right. So I, I buy all kinds of different bicycles. I'm looking for somebody to trust because I don't want to keep up with the gear and like every derailleur evolution and the changes in geometry and where the frames are made. But I do want somebody to be able to download on me in simple language, but also with enough detail. When I ask a question, they're like, oh, yeah, let me let me let me show you this. And this represents the quality of this bike, you know, and they point me to something specific. So, yeah, we're all looking for somebody to trust. Yeah, I, and so maybe that's another really cool message point for retailers. The more they celebrate their people and the knowledge of their people. That's why you and I created Sleep Geek when we were back at Leggett and Platt in the Geek University is for a retailer, they have the ability to train a retail sales associate, send them through our school, get a diploma, get a name tag that says they're Sleep Geek certified um, and set them aside as consultants or position them differently, not as a salesperson, but as someone who knows something about sleep and the product. Um, and so I think that was a, a cool and the right thing to do, but um, maybe even more if you were to hang that um, sign on your front door and really celebrate the fact that your people know what they're doing. Um, I think it could back to, Hey, let's come in and fit you for a bed. Number one, we have a process that's really cool to do that. But number two, our people like they're educated and they know more than the guy that you're going to be shopping with down the street. Hence another reason to come into our store over theirs. And I think uh, the, the other thing from a, uh, and this is like an extension of that. When people get, when you get people into your store, a lot of people want to be left alone, especially these days. There's appointment shopping that seems to be working. So when it comes to merchandising your, your floor, you really do need products that stand on their own. Like consumers can go try it. Yeah. And you're com number one, you're confident in everything you're selling because you're not going to get a phone call about it. You're not going to get it back. It's not cheap crap but also something that the consumer can go and try out and it's going to feel great. Like there's a lot more, I think, self-navigation on the showroom floor in the past couple of months. I've heard about it from retailers and we've heard really good feedback about certain products. So I'm like, this one sold itself. So, mm -hmm. so think about that as well because the conditions might change. So your selection and, and your ability to, put the selection together in a way that's easy for people to distinguish between and navigate, I think is also a key. Well, it goes back to the SSB distinguishing differently between their brands. Melanie, call it out. She's doing a lot of work around it. She understands it. And so I think she's focused on it. So we'll see where that goes, but you know, it's kind of fun to watch, isn't it? I've, I've, as long as I've been in this industry, there's been a constant battle for the top five spots or whatever. So when every year the whole thing comes out and you're like, okay, who, who took it over? I was at Cerdo when we took over as number one. And so that was pretty exciting. But anyway, now the, the pendulum is swung again and um, you've got two very, very strong companies battling that out and um, we'll keep an eye on it. And, you know, whoever adds the most value wins, right? And so keep adding value to the retail partner that you have. And I think they're both trying to find different ways to do that and keep adding value to the consumer. And um, hopefully both of them are focused on 
um, really making it about sleep and the benefit of sleep to life. Um, hopefully we keep seeing more and more of that from retailers and the betting producers out there because that's ultimately where we all win uh, when we connect it to the emotional benefits of the products that we sell. So anyway, good on both of them. They've uh, been in a good battle. And um, anyway, so we have a, a new chapter uh, written. CLE Top Dog, uh, Simmons number two, and uh, Sardin number three. You can bounce on it. Oh, oh. What is a hybrid? It's like peanut butter jelly, peanut butter chocolate. Hybrid so tight, there's no way that you could topple it. Hybrid on my wrist, that's a calculator watch. We add ourselves together and we take it up a notch. Got the airflow, yo, keep you cool as it get. Visco foam alone to make you drip sweat. Get a hybrid mattress, yes, you'll get better rest. Cool and comfortable, hybrid like a sweater vest. You know the game, we're ahead of the sun. Cause the two of us together are way better than one. Cause I'm cool. And I'm hot like a heater Bounce by the ounce, now we got it by the leader Well you take a spring and you wrap it up right You can sleep so smooth or bounce all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of the comfort core You can bounce on it Lay back, you don't have to practice The best thing to happen to your mattress Get together to do it like I did Everybody get hybrid if you want somebody to get in your vicinity, you probably want to feel a little bit of a hybridity. Foam alone, out of five, maybe one star. Springs and foam, we're taking care of that lumbar. Mad back support, the best way to shack up or just get rest that won't mess your back up. Like a hot chick mixed with a particle physicist or a mullet. Party in the back of the business. Best of both worlds like Mars and Venus. The ultimate hybrid. Nothing short of cheap. Keeping it loose while keeping it tight We can make you sleep or play all night Put two together, get a whole lot more Get the feel of a comfort core You can bounce on it No stopping when the beat gets played back Springs keep it popping, foam keeps it laid back Party over here, get invited Everybody get hybrid Listen, doesn't matter if your kitchen is charming When your bedroom's the most important part of the apartment What kind of bed do you keep back there? Does your girl want to chill on a beanbag chair? Hell no! You need springs and foam Cause if that bowling ball don't bounce You'll be sleeping alone And if the bed don't react Then you can't get low We got the type of bounce That won't spill your Merlot So stick with us and you'll get rewarded Cause I'm so gentle And I'm so supportive is where the magic is And we just killed a song about mattresses, mattresses.